0: Next, in this episode of Inside Frozen 2... What's nice is we know these characters mm-hmm. and then we're able to push them further.
1: We spend so much time building the character, like they almost become like your kids in a way. Like.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm Ginger Zee, and
2: I am coming to you from Disney Animation Studios, the mothership. Inside the room where the actors actually recorded their dialogue for Frozen 2. We're going to talk with Wayne Unton, supervising animator for Elsa on Frozen 1 and 2 and Frozen 2's co-head of animation, Becky Brzee. But first...
3: The movie explores some darker, even richer themes that are not necessarily represented in children's or family films all the time.
2: We sit down for a talk with the lovable snowman Olaf himself, Josh Gad, right here on Inside Frozen 2. So we're here with Josh Gad, along with my producer, Samantha, and whoa, I've seen it twice, so.
3: You've seen it twice already? I've seen it
2: twice. So, might have Doesn't seen it. It, is
3: it just me, or does it even get better the second time?
2: Much. and so I It's have, weird, right? It is, and the first time, it was before it came out, so I was able, right. because I was doing this, I got to see it, and we're sitting there, and they told us that we, they're still making little tweaks, even, and then when you say, Samantha.
3: Right. Samantha.
2: Samantha. <laughs> Know is Samantha. <laughs> She's with me and her name is Samantha. Samantha. And we were like, Did they do that? Is he going to change that? Is I that did per that person? For
3: you. I was literally like, There will be an interview where Samantha <laughs> will be standing near me and I need to honor that.
2: Who is Samantha though in That's, your life?
3: That is for me to know and you to never find out. <laughs>
2: Come on.
3: No, you know what was so funny is that entire sequence was just me being an idiot in the booth where yeah. I had this crazy idea in. In the script, it was just Olaf is searching frantically for Anna and Elsa in the woods. And then I just looked at them and I go, don't cut. I'm going to do something (laughs) a little crazy. And I just started like saying random names Uh like Sheila, Samantha. (laughs) And the fact that it made the final cut just made me so happy Mm -hmm. because – I had no reason to believe that they would ever spend millions of dollars animating a (laughs) sequence in which I literally say a character's name who's not in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) But
2: it works. It it works so well. It worked. And so much so that even up until – you know that she was telling me Jennifer was telling us about the changes that come and when that one of those last scenes that was done was just setting you in a room and letting you go about the frozen 1 recap
3: that was that was really late into mm-hmm. the game i mean that was about 3 months before the movie came out mm-hmm. they had this brilliant idea and they unleashed me and <laughs> you know credit to Uh, Jennifer Lee, Chris Buck are brilliant directors, but also to the animation team Mm -hmm. for making that sequence so unbelievably funny and so brilliantly executed in such a short amount of time.
2: So good. And I'm going to say, because I told her right away, I said, that's the best part of the movie. And she's like, well, that's one of the last parts that was done. Well,
3: it was literally one of the last parts. It really, that that
2: whole wood scene, she was explaining how she wasn't quite happy with the the connections and the transitions. And and then there you came and you brought (laughs) it. It's my job. I mean, you've done it also for the last, what, five years describing what Frozen is. So. Basically, <laughs>
3: it was just one long interview.
2: Now, um, are you the one that suggested killing Olaf or is that... <laughs> mm,
3: that was... Spoiler alert. Uh... <laughs>
2: well, this is for serious fans okay, that great, have definitely great, 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 seen great. the film.
3: No, you know, that was that was always a part of the uh, the the movie. Yeah. I, when My first recording was that sequence. And it was actually originally even more... I think mm-hmm. intense and more emotional and I couldn't get through recording it without crying. Mm-hmm. Jennifer and I were both bawling yeah. uh, in the midst of, of recording that sequence and and it's so beautiful, so beautifully executed. Although I will say when I saw it the first time with my kids, my little one looks at me and she goes, D- did that mm-hmm. just happen? And I mm-hmm. said, yes. but And before I could say anything else, she goes, ugh started bawling, and I was like, baby, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, I
2: promise. Yeah, but it is also, this is the beauty of this film, is that it grew up with all of the rest of the kids who loved it in the right. original, and it does have that more mature feeling. It has that kind of, and I love that part of it. I think that's why Same. I connected. And
3: I think that, you know, it was really important to all of us to make sure that the movie grew with our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that kids don't want to be... Talk down to. And I think that the movie explores some darker, even richer themes that, you know, are are not necessarily represented in children's f- or family films all the time. And I applaud our team for doing that. And and the response has been through the roof. You know, kids do want to be challenged, and I think that we're seeing that firsthand.
2: And to grow <laughs> with Olaf, because Olaf's grown up a lot in this film. Oh,
3: big time. Olaf has become a little bit if, if Olaf was a toddler in the first film. He's a more mature child now, and and with that comes these existential questions. And yet change mocks us with her beauty. What's that? Forgive me, maturity is making me poetic. Tell me, you're older and thus all-knowing. Do you ever worry about the notion that nothing is permanent?
2: Uh, no. Really?
3: And, you know, it was interesting because right before we started filming, my oldest child, Ava, who was five at the time, She came – she was at the dinner table one night and she was so happy and then out of nowhere she started crying. And she said, what if I don't want to grow up? Mm. What if I never want to be a grown up? And it it just hit me so hard and I actually caught it on tape and shared it with Chris and Jen. And I think you know, they so brilliantly captured that Mm. thing in each of us as kids where we realize that life isn't always going to be – Uh, rainbows and lollipops and roses. Sometimes it's going to be difficult.
2: Right. And it's going to be challenging. And I think that's the nice part that even for your child, but also for me, for you, for all of us, we ask those questions of ourselves and of life. Pretty often, and Frozen Two does that for us,
3: a hundred percent.
2: But it's still you—you you flurry right back into existence. <laughs> I'm so happy.
3: Thank goodness. Thank goodness, because that
2: would have been a rough turn.
3: <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> and then, if we talk about just the the, it is collaborative. Every single person we've spoken to, um, Chris Buck, and and all of the music. I mean, we were with the Lopez's for two episodes of this because it's that stunning.
3: They're so brilliant. It They're really so is. Brilliant.
2: But Olaf's song. This time, just what we were just speaking about. I mean, you're going to get it later, right?
3: Right. (laughs) Well, what's so brilliant about that song is the audience is ahead of the joke. You know, they know that Olaf is not crazy. This will all make sense when I am older. Someday I will see that this makes sense. They know that that once he's older, these insane things that are happening all around him won't make any more sense than they do. And I think that that's the brilliance of what Bobby and Kristen managed to capture in all of their songs. A certain truth, a certain um, comedic impulse that is so beyond... I think what anybody expects, whether it's a song like In Summer where the audience knows that this character is basically walking into his own demise by <laughs> welcoming Summer or a song like um, – or a song like his song in the sequel you know, when I'm older. And, and I think that the, the joy for me of working not only with them on Frozen and Frozen 2 but also working with Bobby on Book of Mormon is that at this point, they know my voice inside and out and they know exactly how to write for it.
2: If Warm Hugs was the iconic statement that Olaf makes in Frozen, what is his iconic statement of Frozen 2?
3: Seems to be Samantha. Yeah. I mean, know. Kind of. Like the movie's been out one weekend and people are coming up to me all the time and going, Samantha? (laughs) Uh, And it's like, oh, it doesn't have quite the same ring, no offense, as Warm Hugs, (laughs) but here we are. Yeah.
2: Uh, No, I imagine that was it. That's because I couldn't think of what it would be. But, hey, it'll take on its whole – I'm sure there will be merchandise on Samantha I'm soon. Sure,
3: I'm sure that <laughs> I don't even know a Samantha is going to be on T-shirts very shortly.
2: It's what I used to name my Barbies, so I totally <laughs> would have gone for that too. Um, so let's, let's wrap it and, and just make sure you know that, of course, you've impacted millions of children. And, and I would love to know a story from your personal experience where the frozen effect has, like, surprised
3: you or, you know – we shortly after the first movie came out, um, Kristen Bell and I went to uh, Children's Hospital of Los Angeles and we were, you know, usually when when uh, stars of a movie go there, they're dressed up as their characters and and, you know, they like superheroes. And we walked in and I'm like, these kids aren't going to know what the <laughs> next And we opened our mouths and to see the impact on these children and their parents and what this movie has given them, the joy that it's given them was so unbelievably impactful. And, you know, there, there isn't uh, a moment over the course of the last six years where somebody hasn't come up to me and said that at a very difficult point in their life, um, Something from Frozen spoke to them in a way that really impacted their lives. You know, nothing more so than obviously the message of Let It Go. And I think to be able to see how that has prevented people from literally taking their own lives to embracing the possibilities through immense challenges. It's been such a gift to be a part of a film and now a franchise that gives people hope. And so that that would be the the biggest takeaway, the biggest um, pride that I have in the film.
2: Well, I can see it and I can hear it in your voice. So thank you for doing this with us. And I'll just go ahead and do it for you because at D23, you six times in the interview said, because we're doing Frozen 3. (laughs) (laughs) So I already know. You're in.
3: No, no. Let's get (laughs) through the second one. Let's (laughs) get through the second one. Thank you, Josh. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Up next, it's not just Josh coming in a room, ad living a bunch of things, but you've got to put animation to that. And we get to talk to the people who make these characters come to life. We are with Frozen 2 animators Wayne Unton and Becky Brzee next on Inside Frozen 2.
1: Staying informed has never been more important, yet information is coming at us faster than ever. So how do you make sense of it all? Start here. Hey, I'm Brad Milkey from ABC News, and every weekday we will break down the latest headlines in just 20 minutes. Straightforward reporting, dynamic interviews, and analysis from experts you can trust. Always credible, always solid. Start here from ABC News. 20 minutes every weekday on your smart speaker or your favorite podcast app.
2: Thank you both so much for sitting down with us. This is going to be a lot of fun. The animation is just, I mean, I expected a lot, and it surpassed it. So congratulations. Thank you. And I know the first thing, so the very easy things that I was, of course, knowing that I was going to speak to you. I was watching on Elsa's dress, the jewels glimmer um, down to the end of the dress. Um, Samantha and I, my producer, were noticing the water droplets. And thinking those are things that had to have taken a lot of care. What's something you think that people are, now that they've seen it, have maybe missed?
1: You know, it's funny, like, when we're in dailies, animators show their shots. And there are so many moments that, like, if you rewatch the film and you see something in the background, like, there's so much care and thought put into even, like, background characters. But a lot of times, you know... It's something that the audience really wouldn't be looking at. There's so much entertainment there.
2: So when you watch it for the third,
0: fourth, fifth time, look for those background kind of glances so. or, yeah. So. And that's just within animation, our department. You know, if you yeah. think about all the other little mm-hmm. details that are put in by all the different departments, it really oh, yeah. kind of creates this very rich, rich movie that you can enjoy over and over and still find new things about it.
2: And so when I'm watching, and and again, Truly, I don't understand how it's made. So can we just start there? Like, (laughs) how does Elsa's hand or foot move that way? Like, what is doing that? I know that you both work different ways where one of you is um, kind of acting things out and another is, you know, video versus drawing. Oh,
1: -hmm. you've -hmm. you've done your research. (laughs) Right?
2: But but explain that part and and from, from soup to nuts. How does it work?
1: It's kind of like a puppet. In the computer, a digital puppet, say if we have a shot that we're assigned uh, and then we're doing the performance side of it, we'll do the research of, like, okay, how does the shot fit in the overall story, in the sequence story? We think about the characters, who is this character, how would the character move, um, what's going on in the character's head at that moment, all, all of that. Uh, and we get issued by the directors, uh, you know, so that they can tell us what they would like to see in the shot as well. Um so we do our homework first, mm-hmm. uh, and then we go to explore like how we would do the shot so uh like uh, Becky would uh you like to do video reference uh, so so you it yeah. so out I, yourself
0: yes, and that's part of the joy of my job actually i love I love doing that sometimes it's silly and you don't often at all show these things to <laughs> anybody because you have a bunch of strange videos on that oh, phone right absolutely. there that is I, I do absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? but it, what's fun is that like you know even on like on rapunzel um my husband was flynn he's very excited about that and in uh-huh. bolt my dog was bolt puppy and my cat made appearance in big hero six so we're always <laughs> we're always kind of taking things from our lives and from life in general and trying to um Bring believability to our characters by using those little truths that you find.
2: And yours are truly, like, your expressions would be found particularly in Anna. Sometimes, sometimes. sometimes.
0: And we also have um, videos of the voice actors Mm -hmm. um, doing their lines. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're in a very small area, so they can't, you know, emote as probably they would on stage or um, Mm -hmm. in the movies. And then you're drawing.
1: Uh, Yes. Uh, But sometimes, you know, I still will look at... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll act it out maybe in front of the mirror so I'll see like what I'm doing. A lot of times, like I'll, I might close my eyes and like act out the gesture. If I do video reference, and I I'm not against video reference, I think it's great. It's just when when I video myself <laughs> in my head, it looks better. And then when I look at the video, <laughs> You're like, I
2: don't want to draw that.
1: <laughs> so it's funny because like they they have. Uh, well, there, we, our offices they have big windows, and like, and even on, I remember on Frozen One, uh, uh, Becky was in. Uh, we have a little. Well, they had like a little house. Mm-hmm. It was. It was like a, the office was like a house, and it had a window, and you could like walk by. Mm-hmm. And I remember Becky was acting out something, and I was just like standing in front of the window, just like, is she gonna see me? Is she gonna see? and it's a lot, like Becky was saying, it's a little embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I like to um, act it out in front of a mirror and then just feel it out. And then I'll I'll do a quick sketch and uh, like a thumbnail, a uh, small drawing. It's not about like a detailed drawing. You don't spend a lot of time on it, but just to capture the gesture.
2: Until and, you get that feeling. Yeah. And that's what, would you say, and Matt, our producer, was saying, make sure you ask about that. Because he was feeling Elsa when she would put her hand out and her leg out in that swoop. Oh. He felt that. I won't let anything happen to her. So you did it right. Like that's cool, cool. that's being felt, um, but that the intention, right? The intention of the movement, or where the yes. feeling.
0: Yeah. Even with the video reference, um, you don't. You're not doing the reference to copy what reality would be because you may as well do it in live action sure. if you're going to do that so what you're doing is you're taking the main poses or expressions like little things that you do that might breathe truth into the character and what you're doing is playing around with timing and really trying to push into the feeling of what you want the character to be thinking and feeling kind of and like acting. life choreographers in a way yeah. right
2: yes. i mean hey that's and, good and yeah
1: it's, it's like <laughs> editing too because like with live action and and there's nothing you know i don't have anything against motion capture that's that's more for the live action (laughs) special effects what we do is more caricatured meaning that like say if uh there's like jitters on like a fingertip or something like that well does that add to the pose or the what the pose represents it's kind of like the golden pose what's a golden
2: pose in this film
1: Something that's strong, that's bold, that there's a pose that may even carry the shot.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I was gonna say sometimes you live within a pose. Like mm-hmm. some of the shots in this movie, as you know, are very long and very subtle. I think of the next right thing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and sometimes you're acting within a pose and you're just doing little movements that mean so much, an eye dart can mean mm-hmm. you know. Everything.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sure.
1: we're constantly trying to improve, and we're we're always constantly trying to learn. Like, and do
2: you think it's like Jennifer mentions the collaboration? She thinks that's just gotten better, where it's oh, not sorry. so siloed.
1: Yeah, I always say like on the side of the animation building, it says animation, but it really should be like collaboration because <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's what we do. I mean,
0: and on this movie in particular, we had a few new characters that were really mm-hmm. collaborative between departments. And mm-hmm. I think that that was one of the big um, challenges on this film. For instance, The Water Knock and yeah. Gail.
1: It's funny because in this podcast, uh, this is <laughs> after the film has come out. And yes, it is, it is we're funny,
2: allowed to talk yeah.
0: about it, guys. No, you can in, say in, it.
1: In interviews you know, that we've done like prior to the film's yeah. release... We can't talk about certain things, and I so caught your is, little
0: dart, and you're like, "Are yeah, you? Don't just say. yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: no. It's like, yes, we can't talk about these yeah. things. Uh, no, there's there's a moment in the dark sea where um, Elsa is running on the water. It's a challenge because first you have Elsa running on water, and the water's moving. Yes, mm-hmm. and but before that, everything is made up. Again, like I said, like it, it's nothing exists, so. First you have uh, the effects department doing water simulations to try to get the water looking right. When she's running on the water, now that displaces the water. It splashes, and, and the snowflakes that she's running on, it's like a chicken and egg thing. Now then the simulation has to be run again. Even though it did seem like, oh, this is like an extra step than what we normally do, like... How cool is that? We've never done this before. It's fun. Wayne's it, exciting,
2: can you it, tell? <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the places where you go somewhere new where it's kind of that and I imagine that had to be one of the most challenging scenes. But do you worry that people just expect too much? Now the water's gotta move every time. Are you guys doing too good? <laughs> like <laughs> uh, we're always trying to push it on every
0: movie we work on. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But so. it's
1: it's where the story yeah. takes it. I mean yeah. it mm-hmm. you could have a intense moment where nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but you know it's it's really about the storytelling. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Wayne, like, to meet people crying. (laughs) so you killed Olaf
2: (laughs) is that what happened because I'm trying to in each of these podcasts I'm going to ask is that you (laughs) no but is there anything it's got to be so hard but I can't imagine you don't feel this way is there anything you still it's out of your hands now but wish you could go back and just put one more final touch on I think
1: everyone probably feels that way like it's it's Is there
2: one scene you could tell us or something specific <laughs> that you
1: it's I think it's a personal thing, like Yes.
2: I that's think... what I mean to your personal
1: yeah, like, liking I, or... I know some animators they would say, Oh, I wish I could do it. I was like, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. We we're guilty of it too. Like we we work on animation well, like shots and you know it's like I wish I could tweak stuff, yeah. but like it's there's this point where it's like you gotta let it go. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, <really? and> I...
2: <laughs> <laughs> you do. It comes up in every interview, don't worry about it. it happens every time. How many hands would you say touch Else's hand before we see it like how many
1: actual people first you gotta think about okay from the very beginning there's mm-hmm. the person who did the storyboards
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know I mean even just in production
0: back, yeah even for yeah. like, like
1: Jen the writer
0: yeah
2: you mm-hmm. know?
1: so uh, then it goes into you know storyboards and then the, the layout which is the camera work mm-hmm. you know, posing that and staging it and then then there's animation. animation. But even before animation, there's the pre-production side. You yeah. have yeah, the visual development artists uh, who are coming up with the design and, like, tweaking that. And then there's the look artists who are doing, like, the textures. Mm-hmm. And then all of this, you know, work that going that goes into it. Uh, on that front, then there's the character TDs who, who put, like, the bones mm-hmm. in what was modeled <laughs> by the modeler department and then from there it after goes after animation yeah. it's,
0: it's the hair and the cloth and
1: then yep. the lighting
0: and
2: so does now I'm trying to think because Olaf is a bit more uh I mean he has a lot of movement and his but in his body there's not muscles so you don't have to do that part i guess that much we do we do you do muscles and Olaf has muscles well it's
1: it <laughs> he's a, got
3: abs well, <laughs> <you do>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm just living the dream anna
1: Oh, not little muscles, but like right. muscles, like something that drives uh, a shape.
2: When he's pointing to Anna and saying, point, you, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's, exactly. It's like, just his arm.
1: So like um, the shapes that are formed or even like an eyelid, uh, like there's a, a, a pivot point where that rotates mm-hmm. from. But then mm-hmm. there's also... The shape of the lid, you know, so, and the way that the, not, it's not skin, uh, but it's, it, not flesh, but snow. snow. Yeah. But how that would deform uh, and, if, and if shape. You, if
0: they smile, if, when a character smiles, it pushes up. Yeah. You know, so it she, has to push she she snow up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In his cheek. Yeah. So there's a lot of work that goes into. And, and for him in particular, he can come apart. So there yeah. was a whole design on how that could happen. Oh, and I know. How the, that should work. The and, rearrangement. The yep,
2: Yeah. When you saw the final product, did any part. Not that you've forgotten about it, but did anything surprise you? Like, wow, we did that. Is there one part that you're just so proud of?
1: Uh, Show Yourself was one of them yeah. uh, where, you know, we talked about what Otto Holland would look like, and then to finally see it, like, in color and rendered. Right. I was just, like,
2: wow. You're not always seeing things in color. The coloring happens later. The lighting happens yeah, later. It's always
0: a, a fun moment to yeah. see a shot in final lighting.
1: You, you spend so much time building the character, like... Or helping, you know, with like say the rig, or like you know so much detail on every facial, you know, pose, and you know building all of that, and spending time with the character, they almost become like your kids in a way. Like, mm-hmm. and she went through a lot in the first film. Yeah, like, and I my heart goes out to her. And then like now seeing how she is in the second film, and then in Show Yourself, she's so happy. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy for it. <laughs> and like I, remember, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, and I know it's not real. I know it's not real, <laughs> but, but like, it
2: is. Becky said it's real. But yeah, you know, yeah, right. yeah but, I don't know but, what you're talking about.
1: But like, you feel for them, yeah. and like,
2: and there have to be moments like that where you get so invested, and maybe, you know, you have something that and i asked this of the composers and he had you know chris had a great way of telling me but there are things that don't make it that have to be redone that get cut and you just have to truly let go right i mean you just have to say who how was it this time because it's like the, now the family evolved that we see on screen but it's also your family has evolved um working with jen and chris how has that Changed? How did the relationship solve? Yeah,
0: I feel like just as the characters kind of go on this journey and find out new things about themselves, like what's nice is we know these characters mm-hmm. and we're able to push them in and you know push them further. And I feel like we know our team and mm-hmm. and we already were a family of sorts and it was just nice to get back together and kind of um, yeah. push push more with them too. Yeah. <laughs> Becky, what's the biggest myth about what you do? Biggest myth about what you do. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, you go to a cocktail party, and
2: and nobody knows that you work at Disney, right? Oh, I know, I
0: know. Maybe one. Yeah. That the computer animates (laughs) for you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, the computer wants to do the worst job possible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The computer actually is, like, autocorrect. You're like, no. (laughs) No, That's not what I meant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there are humans doing it. Right. You are one of those humans. Yes. Yeah. So we don't just set... Golden poses, and then tell the computer to animate for us. We are actually touching almost every frame of the movie Mm -hmm. um, to try to push the emotion into these characters.
2: And if you're telling, so now this person at the cocktail party is a student, and they say, But I just want to do what you do. What do you say?
1: So just study life. Yeah. I heard uh, this, it was a podcast I was listening to. Uh, There's a creator out there, Rebecca Sugar uh who I admire. She was talking about something her brother, she like he didn't know how to draw I can't remember what it was, but he didn't know how to draw I think it was like a bird flapping its wings or something like that. And so he just did it. He so and I think that's probably what I would encourage and that's what I'm trying to do in my life as well. Like uh With things that I've never done before, like be scared of it. Yeah, yeah. So if if I want to get better at, like, say, walk cycles in animation, then do a walk cycle and do a bunch of them Mm -hmm. and fail and learn Mm -hmm. and grow.
2: Is there a like a personal moment or something that you've had an anecdote from this the the original that touched you that your work you saw you know doing something to someone? Um, Can you tell us about that experience?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean. The story that we told in the first Frozen, what the characters go through, I'm just speaking for Elsa, uh, you know, what she goes through, what she feels, like, I feel like it's very relatable, mm-hmm. and, like, to hear stories uh, from people who, who say, oh, yeah, you know, that spoke to me, and I love that, mm-hmm. like, I, um, we created a film, we, we created a movie, but then to hear, like, how it actually touched someone and made them think a certain way, like, and help them maybe from a difficult situation, yeah. and I, that's that's just amazing. Yeah. I'm,
0: that's an important part of our job, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, you both have
2: kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what does their feel that you are now eight years deep with <laughs> Anna and Elsa?
0: Yeah. Um, well, they they felt connected to the first movie because I use them as research um, for the young Anna and Elsa, and um, I just think I think they think it's it's pretty cool and that the song into the unknown came out and my daughter immediately picked it up and now it's all over my house sitting yeah. all over my house and um i feel like they feel very connected to these characters just mm-hmm. like i do
1: mm-hmm. same very similar uh, so my my daughters right now are 10 and 8 and my kids were little mm-hmm. when the first film came out and yeah again like m- kind of modeled you know something it looked at like how anna would move and like so uh, little anna but, uh, when when they were building <laughs> the uh Olaf for the first time yeah. and then she's like uh hi I'm Olaf, hi, Olaf. Hi. and then the way that Anna jumps off the chair I filmed my daughter doing that mm-hmm. and like you know some things that they don't know they don't yeah. know these things but like I would just look at like you know Thought just watch it. watch them you know playing together and I'm like that's really cool. I'm gonna remember that. Or like that little, like just personalities too. And like,
2: they must be so proud. Like at their essential, um, you know, milk chocolate cocktail party. They're like, <laughs> yeah. my parents work on Frozen.
1: I think I'll tell my daughter maybe when they're older some of the things that I saw because I think it's a little bit more emotional things. Like, yeah. But like something hard that she was going through, mm-hmm. and like yeah. I was like, oh, okay, you can do it. You know, like I like, but. I think maybe later in life when they're a little older and they have a better grasp of like what it was that I was seeing that -hmm. they were struggling with Mm -hmm. and then like how that kind of made its way into say Elsa like her you know specifically an anxiety thing you know and so like yeah I don't I don't know if they know right now like how much a part like a big part of them are in like certain things that I've animated but like it's one day I'll I'll, I'll share that, yeah.
2: <laughs> you got to write it down so you don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I've learned a lot today. And I want to thank you both so much, because this is going to be really special for people to listen to. And get started, because Frozen 3's got to happen, all right? Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so many thanks to Wayne Unton and Becky Brzee. They are geniuses. Don't know that I fully understand, but maybe I shouldn't. Maybe we just take in the magic that is animation. And of course, thank you to Josh Gad, too. Wow. He almost clarified for us the mystery of Samantha. I know. No, Samantha! Inside Frozen 2 is a production of ABC Audio and Walt Disney Animation Studios. Written and produced by Matt Wolf, with additional production by Trevor Hastings, Gabriel Stewart, Gabriel Guy, Andrew Page, Dana Schaefer, and my personal favorite Frozen fan, Samantha Quinek. Executive produced by Heidi Orenger, and special thanks to Abe Velez and Josh Cohen at ABC. Oh, and Amy Astley, of course, at Walt Disney Animation Studios. I'm ABC's Ginger Z.